In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In the year 1517, Martin Luther was making his break with the Catholic Church, nailing his 95 Theses to the door, the church door in Wittenberg. At that same time, that same year, was the year that Hernando Cortez arrived in Mexico with his armies. And God was showing us what he himself said in the Gospels, that when one rejects the pearl of great price, the faith, it will be given to another. We have all been given a certain amount of gifts or talents from God. If one of us rejects those gifts, they will be given to others. And that is what happened to the people of Europe. They rejected the faith, at least a great number did. Hundreds of thousands abandoned the faith. And at that moment, God was bringing the faith to the new world. There's a lot of misunderstanding about Cortez. And the people of today in Mexico have been taught a great many errors. One of the, you have to say that when you look at it from the point of view of the faith, the best thing that ever happened to Mexico was when Hernando, Hernando Cortez arrived there with his troops because they brought the priests and they brought the Catholic faith. Up until that time, the Indians' religion, the Aztec Indians of Mexico, like many pagan religions, were worshipping the sun and the moon and to appease their gods, their false gods, they were offering human sacrifices. They were murdering in sacrifice tens of thousands of, of people every year, and especially babies. Bernal Diaz, who was one of the soldiers with Cortez and who kept a, an exact history of what happened on their journeys, he said when they came to Mexico City and to, to the, one of the temples, they saw over a hundred thousand skulls piled near the temple. They were able to count them because they were stacked in rows, and all they had to do was multiply the rows once they counted the number of skulls in each row. They were able to multiply it, and they realized there was over a hundred thousand that had been sacrificed that year at least, or in, the, in that past year to the gods. This is what was happening in Mexico at the time. And for people to suggest that, that the Spaniards were just coming in there to butcher them or to take away their civilization is completely crazy. And it's just part of the, uh, it's just part of the false teachings that we've been given in our modern world today. Yes, the Aztecs were an advanced civilization for pagan tribes. Certainly they were. They had pyramids. They had great temples. They had beautiful roadways and bridges. But they were a very, very evil people. Living in sin and worshipping devils. Living in incest. And so when Cortez came, he brought the faith to them. And the Spaniards did conquer Mexico, and they made converts. But it was pretty slow progress for the first ten years or so. 
But amongst those who were converted in that span of time was a man, a very humble Indian named Juan Diego. He and his wife had been converted and they, they embraced the Catholic faith. But Juan's wife passed away. And so in 1531, he was a 57-year-old widower. And he was a very simple and humble man, as I said. He was on his way to Mass on December the 9th. And on that day, when he was passing near Tapayak Hill, he heard beautiful singing and the song of birds as well. And then he saw a beautiful young maiden walking towards him. She looked part Indian, part Spanish. Almost in her appearance, she seemed to be bringing together the people of Mexico, the Spaniards and the Indians. And she told him her name was the Ever-Virgin Mary and that she was the woman who crushes the head of the serpent. Now that word, the one who crushes the head of the serpent, in the Aztec language, sounds like Guadalupe. And so when Juan Diego was told by her to go to the bishop and ask for a chapel to be built here on this site, on this hill, he went and told the bishop that the ever-Virgin Mary de Guadalupe had appeared to him. And there was a great shrine in Spain called the Virgin of Guadalupe. The bishop was amazed by these words, but he didn't believe Juan Diego completely. And he asked for a sign to be given to him to know that indeed it was the Virgin Mary. And so Juan Diego went back home and he was going to meet the Virgin again, but his uncle was very, very sick. And so he stayed home all the day of December the 11th, taking care of his uncle. And his uncle's condition grew worse and worse. And so early in the morning on December the 12th, 1531, he set set out at dawn to get a priest to bring the last rites to his uncle. And he decided, I better avoid that hill because I might see her again. And she'll keep me from going to get a priest. Well, it's a very beautiful story that all of you know so well, I'm sure. But he was trying to go away from the hill, and he saw her, and she actually came down the hill to him. She almost like floated in the air, just skimming over the, over the, over the hillside at a rapid pace. And she moved just to the point where she cut him off. <laughs> and and he, he, said, he tried to avoid her. He said, I have to get a priest. But she said to him, your uncle has already been cured. And he trusted her completely. He knew that this beautiful woman from heaven would not, would not lie to him. And so he told her about the sign that the bishop had asked for, and she sent him to the top of the hill of Tapayak Hill, and she told him to gather roses that were growing there. Now nothing except cactus and thistles grew on Tapayak Hill. 
It's a very barren hill. But when Juan Diego went to the top of the hill on that beautiful morning of December 12th, he saw the most beautiful roses growing there of all different colors, large Castilian roses. And he gathered as many as he could in his tilma, which is an apron that he was wearing. And he gathered them all in his tilma, and he came back to the Blessed Virgin, and she arranged the flowers with her own hands in his tilma and sent him off to the bishop with this warning not to show the roses to anyone except the bishop. And Juan Diego kept his promise, and people at the bishop's palace tried to open up his tilma, and they actually tried to grab what was inside. And it's a very interesting part of the story that many of you might not know, that when the soldiers tried to grab what was inside the tilma, the flowers disappeared as they went to try to touch them. They just faded from their sight. Well, they like they weren't even there, like they were impressed upon a, a picture instead. But they were three-dimensional to the soldiers who could see them. And But when they went to touch them, it was like they weren't there, they were on his tilma. A very interesting little side miracle to prevent the soldiers from being able to corrupt the miracle. Finally, Juan was led in to see the bishop and he was very excited about showing the bishop these beautiful flowers, which did not grow at this season of the year, that he was sure the bishop would be convinced were the sign from the mother of God. And you know that when he opened up his tilma, the, all these beautiful flowers cascaded to the ground. But the bishop was looking at the tilma because before his eyes and the eyes of the other men in the room, the picture of Our Lady was appearing on Juan Diego's tilma. It was painting itself on his, on his tilma, just appearing. Almost like nowadays when you download a picture on your computer, you'll see that that picture comes down and the description from the people who saw it are like that the painting just started to appear on his tilma before their eyes. Just it started appearing as it came down. And the bishop and the others fell to their knees and and were just in awe. And Juan thought it was because of the roses. He didn't even know that the picture was there. And he looked down and he saw it. He was as amazed as they were. Now, this picture, as you know, is a, is a miraculous one. It is, it's a living miracle. It's a standing miracle. And when you really study the picture of Our Lady of Guadalupe, it's an amazing thing that more people don't convert. I know millions have converted. As a matter of fact, in the six years after this image was given to the people of Mexico, six million Indians converted to the faith. Six million converted in the span of six years due to this picture because this picture spoke volumes to the people of, the, of Mexico, to the Aztec people because it was symbolic in many, many ways. First of all, you know the name. As I told you, Guadalupe, in their language, was the one who crushes the serpent. And the serpent was one of their gods. And she was the one who would crush it. But she's also standing in front of the sun. She's blocking out the rays of the sun, which signified that she was more powerful 
than their sun god that they worshipped. And that she was standing on the moon, which was under her feet, which symbolized, of course, that she was more powerful than their moon god that they worshipped. Her head was bowed, though. Her head was bowed, indicating that she herself was not a goddess, but that she was subject to a higher being. And thus, not only is her head bowed, but her hands are folded in prayer, indicating to them that not only were the sun and the moon not gods, but neither was she, that they must worship one who is above all of them, she only is a creature. And so when the Indians looked upon this picture, their entire religion became meaningless. It was nothing. She was above the moon and the sun, and she only was a creature. Her mantle was of green and blue color, which was the color of the sky and royalty for them indicating that she came from heaven and that she was a princess. And she was had on her uh, arms bracelets and gold edging on her mantle and fur around her sleeves and neckline, all of which are also, for the Indians, symbols of royalty and nobility. She wore a black sash around her waist, which was the sign of maternity, the same wore by the same thing worn by expectant Indian mothers. And so all of these things symbolized to them the fact that she was a creature, that she was a human woman, but that she had a child inside of her in this picture, and that her head seemed to be bowed down to him. And she wore on her throat a brooch that had a cross on it. And it was the black cross that was the standard of the, of the Spaniards. It was the same cross that the Spaniards carried on their, on their sails. And they recognized then that the religion that the Spaniards brought to them was the religion that she too was preaching. She had a baby, it seems, wrapped in her gown. If you look at the bottom of her gown, it seems like there's a child wrapped in the base of her gown. And it indicated to the Indians that she was the protector of children, of babies, and that she keeps the children away from the black moon, from their, their god that they worship, and that they should no longer sacrifice their children to their gods. All of this... They, they saw in the picture of Our Lady. And I don't have time to go into it all, but even the stars on her gown and the images on her gown indicated something for the Indian people. And it indicated that there was a, there was a great child inside of her because right over where her womb was was, was an... Uh, was a star that they knew to be the ruler. The star that indicated the, the, the king or the ruler was over her womb. And so they recognized, and just looking at this picture, 
that not only was their Aztec religion null and void, but the religion of the Spaniards was the true faith, and that they had to listen to the Spaniard preachers and teachers. And they started to embrace the faith because of this picture. But the picture itself, as I said, is miraculous, not only the way that it appeared, but also the fact that today it still exists. So it is a standing miracle of our Catholic religion. NASA scientists have examined it. Many scientists have examined this picture. There's no paint on the picture. There's no paintbrush marks on the, underneath the picture, underneath the colors. There's no varnish to protect the colors. And yet, for almost 500 years, the colors have not faded. It's a miracle. No scientist on earth can explain these things. The fact that it's not animal, vegetable dye on, on it, it is, it is like the fiber itself has the color in it. It should have disintegrated because the tomb of Juan Diego was made out of a coarse vegetable fiber. And it should have just fallen apart on its own, decayed within a matter of 20, 30 years. And so it is, its very existence is incredible. Nobody can explain this. And the fact that many, many people have touched it for the first 100, 150 years or more, the picture was exposed to people, to touching it to candles, and people touched it all the time, and yet it never lost its, its color. It never lost its, its beauty. Nothing they did could destroy that picture. As you all know, I'm sure that famous story of a man who was one day cleaning the frame of the picture after it was put behind glass. It was only taken out for the frame to be cleaned. And one day, as he was cleaning the frame with acid, he spilled acid across the picture of Our Lady. And nothing destroyed it. It only left a watermark on the picture that you can still see to this day. But he was working with acid. It should have destroyed the fabric completely and the picture, but it did not. And then, of course, another incredible thing was that when the Mexican Revolution broke out in the 1920s, they tried, the Freemasons tried to destroy this picture, to destroy the faith of the people of Mexico. And they placed a bomb underneath the picture. And it went off on November, I have the date here somewhere, but the date isn't, isn't really that important. It was on November the 20, uh, November the 14th, I'm sorry, 1921. And that bomb went off during the high mass that was being celebrated in the cathedral, in the shrine. And it blew apart the altar, shattered the stained glass windows, twisted the large crucifix on the altar into, and just twisted it badly. It blew out the marbles from the altar and the steps. And yet, when, when the smoke cleared from the explosion, not one single person 
and that church was harmed, at least not in a serious manner. Some had some bruises and such, but not one single person died in that explosion. And what is more is that the picture was perfectly preserved unharmed, that not even the glass was broken on it. Nothing. Nobody could really explain that either, how that could possibly have been. And finally, one more miracle that I must tell you is about the eyes of the Virgin Mary. In our recent times, scientists studying the picture very closely have used ocular instruments on the picture, much like an ophthalmologist uses in studying eyes. They used it on the picture to study the eyes of the picture and the eyes reacted in the same manner that a human eye would react. That is, they acted with, there was curve and there was depth to her eyes and in her eyes was reflected the images of those who were present at the time the picture appeared on Juan's tilma. It's an amazing thing. It's almost like the eyes, I want you to understand, are three-dimensional. This is an incredible thing that was only discovered in recent days, in recent times. So everything about this picture is miraculous. And the fact that almost 500 years ago, millions and millions of people converted to the faith due to this picture. And today, still, there should be millions of people converting to the faith because of this picture even in our day. And so when you go before this picture of Our Lady of Guadalupe, try to remember what a miraculous image it is. And it's a standing testimony to the truth of our Catholic faith. Never waver in your faith and in your devotion to our Lord and His Blessed Mother. And pray before that image, asking the Blessed Mother now in our day to protect our children in the faith and to help preserve them from preserve our people from the terrible crime of abortion even though today you could say there's no human sacrifices being offered like the indians did still abortion is the murder of millions of babies every year and so our lady of guadalupe is the patroness of the pro life movement and so we should honor her and ask her to help us overcome this terrible, terrible thing that is going on in our world today, the evil of abortion. Pray to the Blessed Mother then for the preservation of the faith in yourself, in your family, for the spread of the true faith throughout the Americas and throughout the world. The people of Mexico and the people of the United States, all the Americas today, we need to be converted. And so we should turn to our mother, our Queen, the Virgin Mary of Guadalupe, and ask her to convert our people again. Let us pray for this great intention today at Mass. Let us honor her and ask her to help us. This Virgin who was, had conceived the child inside of her, let us ask her to help us to honor her Son as we prepare now for the coming of Christ at Christmas. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.